This Bites, discussing Milwaukee's culinary and restaurant culture. With Ann Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine and Tariq Moody of 88.9. This Bites is brought to you by Society Insurance. Welcome to This Bites, Milwaukee's culinary podcast with your host, the goddess of food writing critique, Ann Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine, and me, DJ Tariq, a.k.a. The Architect. On this week's edition of This Bites, we have another interview with you. This time, it's a woman who founded a really interesting startup called Living Book. It's a customizable cookbook for people who are looking for healthy meals and meals that uh, uh, caters to their dietary needs. We'll get into that later. Uh, But first up, Anne, uh, let's talk about uh, some really cool things happening around the city. Uh, Sanford is uh, really classy. Sanford is doing something really unique in honor of State Fair. Can you uh, elaborate for us, Anne? Yeah, so um, this has been going on for the last couple weeks. They're calling it Wisconsin State Fair with a Sanford twist. So it's a special menu that Sanford is doing in honor of State Fair, but they put their spin on it. So um, you can order, and in fact, these are just a few things from the menu, the Lion's Club corn, which is roasted corn soup with brown butter and fresh chive. Um, Sounds like that should be at the state fair all the time. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're doing their version of a corn dog, which is a heritage pork corn dog and cherry tomato salad and foie gras mustard. See, if that was at the state fair, I'd probably go to state fair more often. Chocolate covered bacon. Okay, this is cocoa dusted pork belly with grilled escarole and roasted grapes and grape cocoa reduction. And they have a baked potato which is a salt-roasted mini Yukon potatoes, um, sauteed broccoli, marinated radish, salmon roe, and herb sour cream. So that's pretty exciting. You can uh, order this. uh, I think you can probably order it through TOC because on their website, um, they have, uh, or they've uh, they've adopted the, the TOC site, which I think is really handy. Makes me wonder what they were thinking about when they what they were drinking when they thought of this menu because it's intense, I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so they're offering this menu through the fifteenth, so that would be uh, tomorrow night. Next is uh, if you have, uh, I assume it's on Food Network or Cooking Channel, one of those networks. Dan Jacobs of Dan Dan Fame uh, is uh, challenging the one and only Bobby Flay and beat Bobby Flay in. Yeah. And uh, so the deal is, I guess, you know, I guess they're challenging him to, it's called You Massing With Me, the name of the episode. Terrible pun. That should have came from me for the pun for their first off. But anyway, um, but it's, uh, I guess, they use, they're challenging to use, uh, creatively use the ingredient masa for, I'm assuming that's what the, the challenge is. So that's happening this weekend. If you're looking for some uh, something to watch, local chef challenging Bobby Flay. Sunday night at nine o'clock central time. Is that Food Network or Cooking Channel? Food Network. Next up, uh, Smoke Shack is doing a Southern style uh, pop up, uh, something uh, dear to my heart. I am a very, I'm a harsh critique of this item they're doing a pop up of called Brew City Biscuits. It's a temporary restaurant uh, by Hospitality Democracy. Um, and, um, Brew City Biscuits will offer various biscuit sandwiches, uh, including the uh, Marty McClucken, 
which I assume that's a chicken, uh, Nashville hot chicken sweet, uh, spicy pickles, um, and uh, some other types of biscuits as well. They will also offer um, some special brunch for this pop-up that goes through September 6th, and that's at Smoke Shack. And then uh, got a couple more things. Uh, f- Are you a fan of Hatch Chili Peppers, Ann? Well, I like spicy things and I like chili peppers, but I don't cook with them often. Let's put it that way. You can get like jalapenos every day. You can't really get these every day. So No, you can't. And that's why I'm bringing it up. Syndix is uh, it's a season for Hatch Chili Peppers, which has a very, very unique flavor. I love the flavor of Hatch Chili Peppers. Um, just a really nice spice. Nice. It kind of almost has this herbaceous kind of like subtle herb- herbaceous flavor and these peppers. Uh, they're grown only in Mesilla Valley of New Mexico and only available for a short few weeks in August and September. So uh, the good folks at Syndex are offering a chance to pick up some of these peppers, either roasted or fresh. Uh, the details are they'll be available from Friday, Octo- October, August 14th through August 23rd uh, at, at their various locations. We'll post a link to that over at our website at RadioMilwaukee.org slash ThisBites. Love me some hatch peppers. Yeah. And then finally, uh, good friends over at Nessa Dorma, a really lovely restaurant here in River West, is offering take and bake uh, out of their restaurant. So if you don't want to feel comfortable eating in a restaurant, uh, they have a uh, ability you can get some uh, some homemade um, lasagna. You either get a meat lasagna, a vegetable lasagna. They have a small and large size. The small feeds two to three, large feeds four to six. You can also get some pizzas, uh, a meat pizza and a vegetarian pizza. And of course, you can take some wine to go with you as well. That's available at Nessa Dorma. They are now doing take and bake. Sounds good. I love me some lasagna. Yeah. Oh, I, I absolutely. Yeah. That's one of my favorite casseroles. And uh, we'll get a chance to uh, our special interview with a, a very, very interesting woman, uh, my name is Sean Chavis out of Atlanta, Georgia. She is a startup founder of a company called Living Book. It is a customizable cookbook where people can make their own cookbooks based off their health and dietary needs. Um, so stick around for that really, really interesting interview here on This Bites. We'll be right back. Radio Milwaukee is on a mission. And if you're here to discover new perspectives on music in Milwaukee, then you're on a mission too. Join today to support the programming you love. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org and click the orange heart. Hey, this is Tariq and Ann of uh, Milwaukee's Culinary Podcast, Despites. We have a special guest on this week's show. Out of Atlanta, we have an entrepreneur, uh, founder of a startup called Living Book, Sean Chavis. How are you doing today, Sean? I'm great. How are you? Pretty good. Before we get into your startup, which is kind of a cookbook generator, which is kind of interesting, tell me a little bit about yourself, your background, and um, how did you get into this space? Sure. I am a professional journalist. Um, so I've been a journalist for a couple of decades. Um, and, uh, later in my career, I decided I wanted to specialize in food journalism. I've loved cooking since I was six years old, um, and grew up, my dad was in the military, so we moved around a lot and that exposed me to a lot of different cuisines. Um, and I was at a point in my career where I wanted to do something with food, 
but I still loved writing. And then I decided to become a food journalist. So I got a couple of degrees in food, a culinary degree, and a master's in gastronomy, which makes me super handy on trivia night, by the way. Um, um, But so I did that. And then that took me to the publishing world where I worked at Health Magazine as a diet editor. Uh, And then after four years, something opened up in Time Inc.'s cookbook publishing division. So same company, both owned by Time Inc. I just switched to the cookbook publishing division. um, And I really enjoyed that work. Um, And then after four years, I kind of saw the handwriting on the wall with Time Inc. and left and moved to Atlanta. Very quickly, I had like a short stint at an ice cream company here in Atlanta. Um, And then I decided to start my own company. Um, Living Book is the second company. Both companies were around food and cookbooks and content. Um, But this company is really, um, I think, has tremendous potential of everything else I've done. And um, I'm really excited to help people through it. So that's, that's kind of what brought me to this point. So um, the idea of it, and I've been reading about it, I think it's a really cool idea and seems to have such um, a wide application for people to use it. Um, how did you how did you come up with this idea? Sure. So at the time, I, I was running my first company and the cash flow was crazy. And I really needed some way to stabilize the cash flow. And I'd, you know, talk to a lot of, you know, mentors to say, you know, what, what can I do? How can we troubleshoot this? And people kept saying, Sean, you need to own the content. And I felt like, gosh, that's such a heavy lift um, financially to do. Um, And then at the same time, I had a really good friend who had symptoms for years that a doctor really couldn't diagnose. And finally, a specialist diagnosed her with a rare autoimmune disorder. And in diagnosing her, the doctor gave her this long, random list of food that she couldn't eat anymore. And it was truly random, like it wasn't all low-fat food or all low-carb food. Like it, it just didn't make any sense. And she literally called me crying. She was in tears and she was like, Sean, you've got to help me. I don't know what to eat. Um, and you know, she'd been suffering for years and wanted to start feeling good yesterday. Right. And then she gets this list and it's like, how do you make that actionable? Um, she's, she, I, I did what I could to help her. I found other people who had her same condition and they shared recipes and talked about how they substituted ingredients for one another. And, um, you know, talked about navigating menus at restaurants and it took her, almost a year to get into the rhythm of changing her diet. And it was very overwhelming. She spent a lot of hours doing a lot of research online. Um, and it was just a really heavy burden to eat, to manage her health. Mm-hmm. And because of my publishing background, I thought, you know, there's gotta be an easier way to do this in a way that makes you feel confident immediately instead of, you know, sending you into tears, you know? Um, And so that's what led me to Living Book is this idea of creating your own personalized cookbook. So instead of a list, you've got a cookbook that has recipes or food that you like, and you could start cooking that night and start feeling better if that's your issue or start the journey to managing your health. Can you explain exactly how that works for people? Sure. So um, instead of, you know, I'm sure like we've all had the experience or know someone who's had the experience of going to the doctor and getting this horrible list and you're like, what do I do with the list? And so instead of getting the list, you would come to Living Books website and fill out a personal profile. So for example, you could say, I've been diagnosed with high blood pressure. 
I love Mexican food. I'm allergic to peanuts. I'm following a kosher diet. Uh Um, And then from there, um, it shows you a list of recipes that match your profile uh, that we've developed. Right now, um, they're all in support of heart health. Um, and they've all been developed by professional recipe developers who have busy lives. So they're not overwhelming recipes. We specifically designed them to be super easy um, and, you know, short to make. Um, and so you choose, and they're all approved by a registered dietitian. So from that list, you choose the recipes that you like and you get to create your own personalized cookbook. So you even get to choose the cover, we have a couple of different cover images you can choose from, and you get to personalize the title. So it could be Great Food Every Day with Anne, or it could be Tariq Moody's Epic Kitchen. I think that's okay. kind of like an awesome idea. I, I, At this point, how is, like being, awesome how is it being idea. used? I mean, and I, is it available to people? How, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty intrigued by, by the whole idea of it. And um, tell me, you know, how, I mean, in, in, at this point, how is it being how is it being used, and is it available to people? It is available. We just it took about a year to build the app to be able to do this. Uh-huh. Um, so it is available. Uh, we just launched um, a few weeks ago. Um, so people are buying cookbooks. Um, so the other side of our business is B two B. Now that we have that content, this is one of the reasons why people kept saying, Sean, you need to own the content, is that we license the recipes to healthcare organizations to help their patients and and customers. So, for example, right now, there's a health coaching company uh, based in Alabama that has about 17,000 members, and they're using some of our recipes to help coach some of their clients with chronic disease. That's really, really cool. Tariq, what do you, tell me what you think about this. I was just fascinated just because uh, personally um, I've have, I have Crohn's disease and I have high blood pressure and I have, uh, I was recently diagnosed with a, a heart issue. And so when I saw this, I was just like really fascinated. And I know uh, a lot of people that are, you know, black or African American, like, like me have a lot of health issues, especially, you know, in, 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 in cities like Milwaukee or Atlanta. And I was really wanted to share the, this story with you, with our listeners. And I was really kind of, I went to test out the book and I noticed the questionnaire, the profiles, like I was expecting to like be more kind of, you know, what can, what you can't eat, what you can't, what, what I can't eat, what I can't eat. But you start asking these interesting questions, the survey of like my personality, kind of like a personality test. Why did you do a kind of that kind of those questions, like a personality test? Sure. Um, and I'm smiling as you're talking about that. Um, so one of the things that we discovered when I, 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 after I had the idea for Living Book, I entered an incubator and they said, okay, start with interviewing 100 people who are your target market and find out what their challenges are. And one of the challenges that people said over and over again were that not only was the list they got from their doctor overwhelming, but it didn't really help them create habits so they could stick to the new way of eating. And so we wanted to create something that would help you not only eat better, but stick to that as a lifestyle. And so I hired a behavioral scientist from Duke University. Um, They have this department called um, the Center for Advanced Hindsight, which I thought was really kind of cool. Um, But anyway, so uh, this behavioral scientist specialized in helping people change their health behavior. And so one of the things that's baked into Living Book is helping people 
uh, connect their personal values and their life goals to healthy eating. And it doesn't have to be necessarily, you know, gee, I want to lose 10 pounds or I want to reach the goal of eating nine fruits and vegetables a day. It's really more about your life goals. Like what's important to you? Like, is it important to you to play with your children or, you know, be around for your grandchildren um, or, you know, whatever your life goal is, but to really kind of focus on that because that's part of your identity and who you are. And then we kind of connect that to the fact that if you maintain your health, you'll be able to do those things and enjoy the life that you want to have. Um, So that's a very important part of living book. So when you, when you saw those questions in our survey, those actually become a welcome letter that is in the front of your book. And so Mm. when you receive your book, it's a commitment letter to yourself that we ask you to sign and to revisit um, as every time you open your book. So you're just reminded of why you're doing this and what's really important to you. Um, some other ways that we baked behavioral science in, some things don't even, aren't even really, they're kind of subliminal, like you don't know it's behavior science. Uh, for example, the, just having your name on the cover of the book And when you get your book, you'll also see your name in the folio, the little type at the bottom of the pages. So your name is literally on every single page. And we really wanted to flip the script of now if you go get a healthy cookbook, it screams diabetes or heart disease on the cover. And people have negative associations with that, number one. And number two, it's hard to recruit your family to join you in your healthy eating plan if it says diabetes on the cover, they'll be like, well, I don't have diabetes. That's your problem. Or, you know, is that really going to be good? Hmm, I don't know. So we really wanted to make a book that was beautiful. um, That was something that, you know, you could share with your family. The recipes are also designed to be shared with your family um, and to create positive associations with healthy eating by making you the celebrity of your own cookbook. Um, So that's like another way we baked behavioral science in. Um, And there's some other tools that, uh, you get like you get like a meal planner and a habit change journal with your book. Um, and then there's some other tools that we'll be developing as we go forward. When I was reading about this, that um, it can connect people with the foods or keep them connected to the foods that are part of their regional backgrounds or their um, their ethnic backgrounds, which um, again, personalizes it also so much. Tell me how that how that works. Um, that's of like a really huge, that's like my most exciting part about living book is right now. Um, 80% of dietitians in the United States are white Americans. And so a lot of the advice that we get and we see in doctor's offices or dietitians offices come from their traditions, you know, it comes from a Eurocentric place and America is so, uh, so diverse. Now we're increasingly a diverse country Um, and so I felt like the recipes that we offer through living book should reflect that diversity that we have in our country, um, and, um, kind of fill the gap where it's missing for people of color. Um, and not, not only black people, but, um, people from Mexico and Central America and South America, um, Southeast people from Southeast Asia have high rates of heart disease. Um, and a lot of, the recipes and food lists you get from the doctor or dietitian don't reflect that cuisine either. Um, so we really wanted to focus on those cuisines. We have something for everybody. Like we have Italian food and we have some French inspired things as well. Um, and definitely looking at the cuisines in the South. 
But um, we really wanted to, number one, let people know that their cuisine are, is also healthy. Um, I think there's a subliminal message when you get a food list from a doctor and you don't see the foods that you're familiar with, there's a subliminal message that your cuisine isn't healthy. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. Like we know that um, there's healthfulness in traditional Latin American diets. There's healthfulness in traditional um, African diets. And and um, people are often surprised, but like a, a real Southern diet, like not commercialized Kentucky fried chicken, but you know, when you look at the roots of Southern food, it's very vegetable based. And so um, it's also got a lot of healthfulness in it. Um, so we really just kind of wanted to let people know that they can eat the cuisines that they love and, um, and stay connected to their cultural identity. And again, share with their family and pass on those traditions and find health in those traditions. Um, I think that, you know, health should be not just something you get at the doctor's office, but something you can find around the dinner table. How many recipes are on the site and um, how is it, how do people, how do you organize it for people? Sure. Right now, um, so I bootstrapped the company. And so um, I, so right now, we just kind of have a starter set of about 30 recipes. And so um, we're, we're still kind of at the beginning of our company. We hope to add to that um, very soon and just continue to add recipes as we grow. Um, and so um, the way that it's organized right now is just you get to pick individual recipes as we go forward and add to our recipe library, we want to make it easier, you know, to, to finish your book. So we'll organize the recipes and chapters, which I'm, I'm really excited about. So you'll get to pick chapters instead of like individual recipes. Um, and then down the road, we'll add some customization. So like if you open a chapter and you're like, oh, I really don't like that. You can swap out a recipe in your chapter. So let's, let's talk about that program. The idea of a startup is to, to scale, right? you grow big. So do you have a vision where you want this start to be in a year, five years? Like what is your, some of your goals and what do you want to see from it? What kind of impact you want to make? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> I daydream about this all the time. So um, I definitely want to, right now we're starting with heart disease. I definitely want to add more conditions so we can help more people. Like we know we're going to uh, very quickly start offering uh, recipes for diabetes. And some recipes can cross over, like there's some heart healthy recipes that fit the guidelines for um, diabetes and pre-diabetes. Um, and so we'll add more conditions as we go to help be able to help more people. Um, we are you know, definitely looking at adding more recipes. I really want to add more behavioral science tools. Um, and so, so things that really are fun and engaging, but really help you um, fall in love with healthy eating. Um, and not just, I don't want it to be just kind of like, okay, I'm sticking to this diet and kind of grin and bear it, but um, that you really fall in love with healthy eating. And so uh, we'll, we'll continue to incorporate behavioral science into what we do um, to help create that. I see ourselves um, in the future being the place to go for supporting lifestyle change for health. Um, like all the tools, all the resources, you know, what we can develop now, what as technology changes, what can we develop in the future um, to give people tools to eat and live healthier lives? The whole element of the book being shoppable, too. That, um, let's talk a little bit about that. 
Thank you. I forgot about that. So one of the things that I wanted to do was reduce barriers to adopting a healthier lifestyle. And so again, that was, it was sort of a brainstorm with the behavioral scientist, um, but also something that I'd seen the technology used when I was at Time Inc. uh, to offer cooking videos directly from the page. And I thought, why can't you use that same technology to help people shop? Right. And so, um, so basically what we did is every recipe is shoppable. There's a QR code associated with every recipe. And all you have to do is scan the QR code with your smartphone. Most have a native QR reader now in them. And so you just scan it with the camera app on your smartphone and it pops up a list of the ingredients that you need to make that recipe. And you're like three buttons away from ordering uh, those, in- those ingredients from Instacart Amazon Fresh, Walmart Grocery, and it also geolocates a grocery store near you. So you can arrange for delivery or curbside pickup, which we, you know, that immediately lowers a barrier. And then with the coronavirus outbreak, that's even more valuable for people, mm-hmm. you know, who have chronic disease and need to really, you know, be aware of, you know, um, staying away from other people um, and isolating. So, um, so yeah, I'm super excited about that feature. I just, I want to talk about some like just ideas and concepts. Cause I see a lot of potential. Like, have you thought about adding like a journal where people can like track what they eat, the calories, or even have like a social feed to show photos or even partnering? Like, are you thinking about partnering with grocery stores to maybe offer coupons and like what kind of features you want to add, plan to add to the, the service? Or have you ever um, thought about that? Yes, we have. Um, so um, some of our B2B customers, um, such as clinics and um, health coaching companies, have asked us to add a meal planning dashboard. Um, and so that's the that's the next piece of technology that we're working on. Um, so that way it'll be easy for you to plan meals and then shop directly from the dashboard. So I'm, I'm excited about that. And then you can access your recipes through that. Um, and then we're, we're really open to other partnerships. Um, one, so I mentioned like we license out our recipes to healthcare organizations. So that's something we're interested in doing. Um, and then going forward, um, we'll be able to like, if a healthcare organization, for example, wanted to have its own cookbook, you know, um, that was branded, or if they wanted to have their own, you know, site of recipes that was branded, but using our content, um, we'll, we're, we're definitely open to those kinds of partnerships. And then going forward, I just see us developing some really interesting tools. We're looking at when you, when you are told to change your diet and everything that that touches in your life, we're looking at all of those touch points and figuring out how to make it easier. How do we make it easier so it's like a, you know, it's really easy? You don't have to go. I have to pull out my you know this and that, and I have to look this up and that. And, you know, we want to make it easy to to change your life and eat healthier. So we're really looking at all of the touch points in your life that that happens and how like what can we do to make it easy, and what can we do to incorporate your family too? Because the people that have a uh, that have a chronic disease and also have family support. And by that, I mean, you know, most of the times dinner looks the same. It's not maybe exactly the same. Maybe, you know, everybody has some different garnishes or the kids have a little extra cheese or whatever. But, um, 
if people eat similarly in that social setting, those patients are the ones who succeed at lasting lifestyle change. And so we're kind of looking at that too, because that's a big factor that um, I think gets overlooked or isn't really part of the conversation when you're sitting in front of a doctor, right? The doctor's talking about you and not really considering or doesn't even have time to really talk about how that works with your family and sure. yeah. who you work with. So those are the kinds of, the, those are the areas that we're looking at to develop technology in. Um, and I can tell you that everything that we do is going to be, is going to incorporate technology, um, family and social, social aspects of your life, culture. So all of the different cuisines and traditions um, and behavioral science, as well as nutrition and good food. Wow. Um, you know, we, you gave the introduction as a journalist. Now you're kind of a, a, a like, you know, tech startup CEO. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, what's that experience like? What's like it running a, a startup? In, in some ways, there are a lot of skills I learned from journalism that carry over. For example, if you're a founder, especially a startup founder, um, to get people on your team and to get investors, you have to be a good storyteller. Um, you just can't skip it. And so that that really helps. Also, I think, especially once I got into publishing, really the secret of doing good books, great books, is just managing relationships because you're trying to get everybody around one message and there's like 40 people to manage. And so you really have to be good at managing relationships and communicating. So I think those skills also transfer over. Um, so I'm not a tech founder. Um, I don't know how to code or anything like mm-hmm. that. I do some basic HTML and basic CSS and that's it, right? Um, so I really had to learn a lot. And I think that's an important skill as a founder is being open to learning from your team. Uh, number one, hiring really good people. Um, and then, you know, being able to learn from your team and, and create an atmosphere of collaboration, which was really important for us because our product kind of straddles the world between print and digital. Mm-hmm. And so I had to bring people together who specialize in all of these different areas to work together on this project. So one of the most interesting things about Living Book is I hired designers to create the look of the book, but then it's dynamic, right? Because when you go uh, to the website, you choose your recipes. And so every cookbook is different and your cookbook cover has your name on it and every page has your name on it. So it's customized for each person. So the developer had to take the design from the designer and rebuild it into a dynamic app. It's still something I have a hard time wrapping my head (laughs) But it was really interesting because the designers had to kind of learn how do they set things up so it's easy for the developer to recreate it in the app. And then the developer had to learn how to set things up so that the printer can, like, Basically, when you order a book, it sends you a PDF of your book so you can start cooking that night. And then it sends that same PDF to the printer so they can print your book. And so the the developer had to learn how to set up a book. And he had to learn some things about book publishing. Like he had to learn, you know, how to set up a cover template and, you know, what some of the printing lingo was like. So, and even I had to learn... Um, you know, I had to learn how to work with developers. You know, they have particular systems and, um, you know, flows and um, things that, you know, that have been time proven that I learned so that way I could work well with the team. So um, it was a really interesting collaborative project. Um, and I think all of us were excited about this kind of new world of bringing print and digital together in a new way. Wow. 
I'm, I'm really impressed. This is like one of the coolest things that I have heard about in a long time. Do you have like any cool stories from customers, inspiring stories yeah. that you received? Yeah. You know, I, not yet. I do have um, one friend who uh, is a diabetic and she was like one of the first people to buy the cookbook. And um, she really loved it because it, she was able to share it. She really was, as far as the, the recipes being family friendly, it really worked for her. Um, she has a little boy who I think is about four or five and then her husband and her husband liked the book so much that he was cooking, you know, he was surprising her with, I think it was an apple crisp that we had. And he surprised her with, by making the apple crisp in the book. Um, and she says her son loves the recipes too. So that was a win mm. for us as far as it being very family friendly. Um, I just had a woman buy a book for her father who I, I think he was diabetic. And then I think he had another condition. So she just bought one for her father. I don't think they've received their order yet, but um, I'm curious what that will be like, um, you know, what that, what that will be for them. Um, so we're still at the early stages. So, so far, not a lot of great stories, but um, some good ones. Great. Um, what's your favorite recipe? Um, we have a, a breakfast fried brown rice and I make it like all the time. I love it. It's huh. it's basically, yeah, it's like fried rice for breakfast. So it still has eggs. It has turkey sausage. So it's heart healthy. Um, it has some vegetables in it. And, you, you know, you can use the, like the instant, you know, the pre-cooked brown rice that you just steam in the bag. Um, but it's just really simple. I've, we developed the recipes to not have a lot of ingredients. So um, I add some things to it. <laughs> um, so I add ginger, I add uh, chili flakes, I add some, I think the recipe does have chili flakes in it, but I add ginger, I add uh, sesame seeds. Um, sometimes I add garlic. Sometimes I add some more vegetables or I just kind of riff off of what other vegetables are in my kitchen. Um, but I make that for breakfast, like, um, uh, it's embarrassing. I make it like a lot because it's so convenient. It's yeah. got whole grains. It's got vegetables. It's got protein. I just love it. And I, I don't like sweet things for breakfast. So, um, so yeah, that's my favorite recipe. I make it all the time. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> uh huh. So let's go back to that uh, program you ran with Google. Um, mm-hmm. Can you talk about that program and what, what's, what's it like going through it and what do you, what, what happens? What do you expect to get out of it, basically? Sure, um, it's it's a really it's a really good program. It was founded or it started by Jewel Burke, who was um, who's the who um, was an entrepreneur herself and exited. Um, her company was called Part Pick, um, and she I think her company got bought by Amazon. So she's been through this path of starting a company, a tech company, and growing it and getting investors and doing the exit. So she really gets the journey that we're on. She also now has her own investment uh, fund called Collab Capital. And she was hired by Google to become, um, to lead this startup um, academy um, and to do some other things in the startup space for Google. It's been a really interesting year to, to be the in, in the inaugural class of this. Um, most of the founders are African-American um, that are in this group. It's about a group of 40 founders. Um, all of us are in Atlanta and we started in March. And so it was right when the coronavirus, you know, had kind of locked everything down. And then there was followed after that George Floyd's death and all of the, all of the social change that's happening and the social conversations that are happening and in some political conversations 
um, as well as all the protests. We had um, several days of protests here in Atlanta. Um, and so I think like it, it, they've been very responsive to that. They, you know, they haven't just, okay, here's the playbook and here's the program. Let's just run the program. They've been very responsive to everything that's been happening and how that impacts us as founders. So that's been so valuable. Um, it, I mean, to the point that, you know, once, um, after George Floyd's death, um, and I think there's just been repeated traumatizing, um, it's just repeatedly traumatizing to see people killed by police. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they've even offered us um, some counseling to help cope with that kind of trauma and just the whole stress of trying to start a business in the middle of a <laughs> pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> No pressure. <laughs> so, <Right. laughs> so that's been really great too. Um, they've also been uh, giving us other resources. So there's a lot of, uh, there's weekly workshops, um, on different topics such as sales and fundraising and um, technology and other things. Um, they've been, um, you know, really open to suggestions that we've had um, about ways that we would like to work with Google. Um, I, I can't lie, I've had my eye on Google Health ever since I got to the <laughs> program going, hmm. Uh, so, um, but yeah, so they've been really great. And um, I really appreciate the fact that they've been so responsive and um, and willing to change the programming and accommodate us during this crazy time that we're in. Um, and I, I will also say that there's just a great energy around um, all of, I would say almost to a person, all of the entrepreneurs and the people who are coaching us feel that entrepreneurship is a type of activism. And there's one founder, her name is Dolivant, and she is starting a company that is is activism in itself. She's uh, starting a water quality company. Um, so you'll be able to see your water quality in real time, which is mm. uh, incredibly valuable um, and a great you know tool for people to um, advocate for themselves and, and their health. But she said, you know, 21st, she said entrepreneurship is 21st century activism. And I think all of us have run with that statement um, because it's so true. All of us feel that, Number one, a tremendous amount of support for each other. Um, We feel that our businesses and we're seeing how our businesses can change our communities, whether it's, you know, our own personal wealth or, you know, hiring people and being able to give people jobs um, to the local impact that we have, um, to the social impact that we're having with our missions. Um, So that energy is something that I think happened organically. And I don't think that you would see in every every kind of accelerator or program so that's been super valuable too well that is great and congratulations this bites is edited by kenny perez handcrafted sonic inspiration comes from the license lab with support from society insurance and your membership subscribe to this podcast at radiomilwaukee.org slash this bites you can find us on itunes npr spotify 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 or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Remember, feedback is important, so please rate and review. And as always, Anne, you stay hungry. And keep the malort cold.